it's Allison Miser. Well, hello. How are you today? I'm exhausted. You look a little tired. Yeah, you look you, chipper. I am pretty <laughs> chipper right now, actually. The sun's out. I'm feeling, feeling good. Feeling, feeling frisky. I don't know about frisky, but I'm definitely feeling this time change. I really like a lot of people spring forward, like lose an hour of sleep. Like, no, you don't realize how much extra light you get and how much energized. The, I'm not, this is the first year I felt that way. I feel this is the first year where I feel like it's definitely fucking with me. Because <laughs> normally I'm just like, oh, it's just the hour moves forward. Who cares? It's the same thing as it was before, but the clock just says something different. This time, I feel like my world is different. Where I'm like, I don't know what time it is. If, should I be sleeping right now? Why is it so bright outside? See, I feel like the time change gets easier as I get older. I feel mm-hmm. like it messed with me more. When, when you were younger? Younger. Oh. I don't know. It, I never even used to think about it when I was younger, though. Yeah. Like, I, you just get up and go to school. And yeah, I would just do whatever I need to do. Friends. Yeah, go to work, whatever. It didn't bother me. But the older I get, I'm like, man, I could use that hour right now for something. And now yeah. it's gone. No, I've actually got a super solid sleep schedule going right now. So for me, sleep hasn't been a huge issue. But having like the daylight after work, getting off work at 5 o'clock and still having some daylight to work with has been amazing well that's what's weird right now is that it's so light in in your office because normally mm-hmm. by the time i get here even if it's like 5 5 30 it's pitch black yeah. or like it's about to be pitch black i wonder how the time change is going to affect our flow of the uneducated <laughs> oh i don't know i feel i do Just feel throw away all those episodes <laughs> it's a little, i do feel a little more chipper being in the light right in the I, sunlight i feel like it could be more of like an excite i don't know like a boost like you need yeah. that vitamin d yeah to be pumped I have been trying to get more vitamin D. My um, the lady at the salon told me it'd be good for my beard, help it get more color. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I, wait, doesn't? But there, there's that thing where it's like they always tell you to go outside and you can put that stuff in your hair, like when you're, like I don't know, when I was a kid, it's called like sun in or something, and you put it in your hair and you go in the sun and it like naturally bleaches your hair. Well, yeah, I mean, but but the I think there's also vitamins that help. Bring out with like the hair color. Well, just help with like then give it like the nutrients. My face right now is trying to understand. <laughs> I'm just sitting here scratching my beard. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Anyways, that was. We'll do some fact checking on that later. <laughs> I'm not very educated. And now I'm scratching my beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hair is on my chin chin chin. Oh yeah. man. No. Well, yeah. But yeah, the sun is out. We're chipper. We're here. We're here. We're ready for you. Yeah. And can we just say for the record that I almost didn't make it tonight? Yeah. No, it was very close. (laughs) Okay. So I don't know. Explain. Okay. (laughs) So this week, these past couple weeks have been really off for me. Well, and we're on hiatus in the first place. We were on a hiatus because I was in Egypt. So I was already out of the country for that like 10 days or whatever anyways. But then I've just been having like a really couple off weeks. And so I kept changing like our recording schedule where we were supposed to record to like Tuesday of last week. And I was like, well, let's do it next week and we'll have it out by Friday. Well, this week did not go as planned by any stretch of the imagination for myself. So I was like, well, let's record Thursday. So this morning, Wednesday, I get up and I go to work. I come home. I do all the things I need to do. And you text me about like time or what did you text what did you ask me i just asked if we were gonna record oh, are we still recording tonight and in my mind i was like because it no. was like four o'clock and usually i get off at five and you're here at five yeah so, so i was just like what recording today's wednesday we're, we're recording tomorrow night like 
I thought you were going to text me about notes or something. So I was like, oh, yeah, like I'll have them ready by tomorrow. And then... And usually, like, if you have something planned with somebody, you're not just going to let it go by without... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I never... I don't think I've ever actually done that before where I've thought it was a different day the whole way through the mm-hmm. day. I don't think I've ever done that. So I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, text him back about the notes, whatever. And I open... Because, you know, with the iPhone X, like, it just opens it on your screen with your face. Mm-hmm. So, like, before I even unlock my phone, it, like, lights up. And I'm like, shoot, that's... Today is Thursday. <laughs> Today is actually Thursday. The light bulb went off. Yeah. Well, and what, I went to work on time for Thursday, but still thought it was Wednesday. So I don't know how I looked at my schedule, put two and two together that today was Thursday uh, and like didn't go to work for no, Wednesday. Yeah. I've had a couple of those times like in the morning where you just like wake up, you're like so out of it. My, the last time I did that was I totally thought our hot water heater went out because the first off our shower, the the knobs are backwards oh our knobs are backwards in yeah. all our family's so homes so it was like I'm supposed to turn on the cold water but I had turned on the hot, hot water, water thinking that it was and it was just one of those morning where I was just like so out of it I was like how did I even do this I was just like couldn't remember anything <laughs> like, awful yeah I'm glad you made it to work though usually like I wouldn't have made it to work well that's that's what I'm a like I'm disappointed in myself, but I'm also kind of <laughs> kind of impressed because I I made it to work. I was on time. Like I did everything else I needed to do for today, and I had just gone and gotten Chipotle and was like coming home to eat it. So at least I got myself dinner. So then I was like prepared. By the time you texted me, I was like finishing eating anyways. That's a good step in the right direction that you're actually eating dinner. I did. I ate dinner, good and job. so I was like, oh my gosh, I I ate okay. Like I can leave. I just have to get gas. And I pulled up when I parked over here. It was like five. 10 or something like that when I text you. So yeah. it was only like you 10 booked, after. There must have not been any traffic. No, there was no traffic, which there normally is at this time. And that's why I was like, shoot, I'm not going to get there till super late. But I didn't leave that late. I left normally around the same time I would have left if I was leaving intentionally at that time um, already. But no, it was meant to be that we were going to record today. Yeah. It was not going to, we weren't going to pass this one up. No, and I didn't want to keep pushing it off because I want to record, but it's just been so chaotic where I just was like, I don't think I can do it. I, I don't know. think I can record. I'm, it's been chaotic for me too. I've got um, a really cool trip. I'm actually going to be gone next week. Oh no. Can you take me to the airport on Monday, by the way? I forgot to follow up with you. Oh, I forgot to look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll make a note about that later. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah, but I'll actually be gone next week, but we, that won't knock us off schedule because i'll only be on one week wait did i not text you and tell you what time i worked that day that i worked i think i did text or you know i haven't been really on top (laughs) i think i thought that i texted you because i'm remembering a conversation i had with myself about it but anyways continue (laughs) no yeah i'm just really excited to go home i'm gonna be up in portland and seattle Hmm. for the week gonna go to the opening day of the mariners so yeah it's been a chaotic week at work trying to get ready for that though you know how that is i feel like with vacation your work doesn't change like you saw the same amount of work you just have to get it done in less time Mm -hmm. so but vacation is going to be super nice i'm really looking forward to that but um what's the weather right now up there it springtime is usually kind of hit or miss Uh, it can be super rainy Mm -hmm. and drizzly but when it's nice it's super nice it's kind of like what we have going on right now with where it's kind of rainy in the morning and then by the afternoon the sun will be out i'm pretty disappointed it's not raining right now because it rains all morning while i'm at work and then i get off and it's sunny and that's such a buzzkill because i'm like (laughs) gosh dang it now that i'm done and i could go home and lay in my bed and be in the rain it's sunny and now i feel like i have to be productive 
because yeah. the sun's out. Uh, well, we're being productive right now. That's true. Yeah. The sun's keeping my eyes open. So that's <laughs> you are facing the sun, too. Um, what was I talking about, though, before that? The weather is kind of like here. Oh, yeah, but you asked me about the weather. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> you asked me how the weather was going to be up in Oregon. I was talking about Oregon. But anyways, yeah, I'm going home. I'll bring you some voodoo donuts. Oh, yes. Yeah. Come back with a big box. Oh, my gosh. So good. Wait, are you flying fly with a big box of donuts on your lap? Yeah. They're like, seen- sir, can you stow that, please? No, yeah. You've never seen people in the airport with a voodoo? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. If you, Especially if you're in the Portland airport, of course. But there's, I think they even have a voodoo doing donuts in the airport now. They I know they have a stump do. town. I think I flew into I flew into Seattle. Oh yeah, I was gonna then, ask you about your trip because I haven't even really gotten all the details about your trip. I oh, remember. about Egypt? Yeah, about oh, Egypt. Yeah. So, well, that was a separate trip though because I flew into Seattle and we drove through Portland and oh, drove like back yeah. down with Air, my friend Eric's car. But yeah. So anyway, what was the start with the flights then to okay. Egypt? Like, what so was, with Egypt, start from, start from the beginning. So from the very beginning because <laughs> everyone is dying to know. Yeah. So basically, I. It was like the, the 22nd, I think. But okay, before this, so my W-2 got stolen out of my mailbox. And within days of that, I started getting weird mail. And I didn't even know I had gotten my W-2 yet because some other people hadn't gotten theirs yet. So I just thought maybe I hadn't gotten mine. So I waited a couple days before I was going to contact like my work and be like, hey, have you guys sent mine out? And, but then I heard a couple of my other coworkers say they got theirs. So I was like, oh, so W-2s have gone out. I get a couple things in the mail for all these credit cards that I'm supposedly opening. Turns out this person, whoever, like however they got my W-2, because some people steal stuff out of mailboxes and like they'll sell it, but they got my W-2 or my, sorry, my social and opened up, tried to open 11 credit cards. So I don't know if you know much about credit because I actually, my dad actually has taught me a lot about like your credit score, how inquiries put points on your credit like yeah every time it's called like what a soft or a hard hit on mm-hmm. your credit every time you even like try to look at your credit yeah you, take a hit. you get pinged for yeah. it things like that so my dad was like this was years ago he's like get credit karma like the app just have the app in your phone logged in it'll just alert you for stuff if anything like i don't think he knew to what extent it could catch stuff for you but it did it actually alerted me for something from a car accident that i was in there was a collections out for um me for like a few hundred dollars that they were saying that they were calling collections on me and it was affecting my credit score because I hadn't paid something back, but it was medical bills from the person who hit me that they had to pay for some, I don't know, irrelevant, but credit karma had caught it back then. So I started getting this weird mail, but I'm like not putting two and two together about my W-2 yet because it's only been a couple days. I'm like, that's really fast. Then I realized... I like start getting all these alerts from Credit Karma that's like, there's a new inquiry on your account. There's a new inquiry on your account. So I open up Credit Karma and it starts showing me all these places that this person has been opening up credit cards under my name. And so basically like within the the, the week before I went to Egypt, I was on the phone for like four or five hours every single day. So I was going to work, coming home and sitting on the phone and calling all of these places to figure out what had happened, but every per- like you never call and get a person, so you always call and get a operator, like um, what's that called? Just like an automated voice mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it basically was a nightmare because every single day I'm getting all this mail, I'm getting all these alerts, and the process for identity theft, like anyone who's gone through it, 
it's a nightmare because you have to call all the major like credit bureaus. They have to call like TransUnion, Equifax, like all these places. You have to put like a freeze on your entire credit in general. Like you have to start setting up verbal passwords for your accounts via the phone. So I don't even want to go into, not that she's listening, but <laughs> basically what ended up happening was they, they can open new credit cards under your name, but what is most vulnerable are your uh, already existing accounts because they have your social and those are already open and in good standing and they can use them. So like they can try to open as much as they can, but but like I caught all, almost all of those before she opened them. I called like 11 or 12 different places. It was literally hours and hours and hours on the phone. But what ended up happening was this person got my Nordstrom card, racked up $15,000 on my Nordstrom card. 15000 Yeah. Not fifteen hundred, fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. So, won't go into detail for why we figured out who this person was. Like, I'll tell you the whole story later. Yeah. But basically, like, this person messed with the wrong people because we, like, there's just too many ways we were able to figure it out and and like get this person's information basically. But we gave all her information to the cops. Like the cops didn't even find it. We found everything and gave, handed it all over. But this person lives in Stockton and hangs out in Sacramento because that's where all the stuff was coming from. So they opened a gas card and where it like shows which gas station here in Stockton they used it at. So they're being pretty careless. Whoever this person is, whoever you are. This is their first rodeo. No, either that or this is they do this all the time and they're way too comfortable. Yeah. Like they're starting to get sloppy with uh, it. So. Yeah, we'll follow up with this later. Well, yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll have the full, uh, we'll have like an unedited version of this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting like. The uncut version. Because this person like knows detail? me, knows where I live, has my social, like is being me in person like was using my card as me like I don't even know how getting I don't even know but anyway so that that was what I was doing I was calling all this identity theft stuff as I'm on my way to Egypt like on the flights I'm doing emails and the bank canceled all my credit cards right before I flew out so I had no credit cards because of the like when you put a thing in like that they'll just automatically be like okay well we're canceling this this and this so I was in such shit shape financially before I went on this trip because all my cars were canceled. All of my accounts were a wreck. I ha- when I got home, you can't see, people listening cannot see what my hands are doing right now, but this is probably like what, five inches, four inches? Oh, yeah. A stack of mail. Yeah, at least this half, big a, half a foot. <laughs> of mail that I came home to. And each one of those like little slips of mail, every little white envelope was mm. a phone call that I had made because they, they like uh. send you something. So my mom is just letting me know like as I'm gone, like you're getting mail, you're getting a lot of mail and it's all <laughs> the stuff that this person is doing and opening. So it was just, it was a disaster. But I basically left, I flew out of like, uh, out of SFO and had a layover in Germany. So once I got Wi-Fi like again in Germany and had time to like sit and look, I was working on my identity theft stuff. But we flew into Cairo. My sister flew into Cairo from, cause she's in France, but she was in Jordan. So she flew into Cairo. And then from there, when we, were, we went to Giza, we got to see the pyramids. And then from Giza, we spent like a day in Cairo, like the actual city, um, as opposed to just the airport. And then um, we went to Luxor, which Luxor is like the Valley of the Kings. That's where King, King Tut was discovered, was in Luxor. And we stayed on a place like right on the Nile River, 
which is just crazy. Because if you grow up, I grew up in church. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have all this like Nile River and yeah. Moses and all this crap like ingrained in <laughs> your brain. That place was beautiful. I saw some photos. That was looked amazing. It's so pretty. I mean, a lot of it is, I don't want to say just desert, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like just desert. In Arizona, you have like cactus and shrubbery <laughs> and all this stuff. In, in a lot of the parts of Egypt we were in, mm-hmm. it's just sand and rocks for miles and miles and miles That's and miles crazy. and but then there's if when you're it's like along a whole the planet yeah and when you're along the water though it's a lot of greenery because of course everything mm-hmm. is up against the water so from um we did where did we go from after luxor we ended up going to did we go I think from there, then we went to Hergada, which Hergada is on the Red Sea, the resort we stayed in. Because we wanted to kind of start the trip doing traveling, like literal back, having our backpack and hitting all these places and then staying in like a homestay kind of thing where it's a shared living space to ending the trip kind of at a resort where it's like you have your own bathroom, your own shower, and <laughs> yeah. like a balcony. It's the actual vacation part of the trip. Yeah, because yeah, it was it was because traveling and vacation are very different. I think mm-hmm. people think they're the same, but they're not the yeah. same. Um, but that was on the Red Sea, so that was crazy because it's it there are these massive amounts of water that you're in Egypt, and you just go from desert to all this water. And it's so, it's just super trippy, but everybody's really, really nice. Um, when you speak English, you're so spoiled because no matter where you go in the world, for the most part, everybody already speaks English. That's just... What was the thing you were most surprised about? Um, well, I was surprised with how many people spoke English because hmm. I knew that I would have it pretty easy, Yeah. but everybody there speaks English, Okay. Arabic and English. So that was really surprising with... Every We're single so far person. behind here in America. Yeah, well, <laughs> speaking one language. And when you think you about like <laughs> so many people in the United States speak multiple languages, yeah. most of the time, if you're white, you're the one who speaks mm-hmm. one language. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I know that's true for the two people sitting in this room. Yeah, and and that's that's a sweeping generalization, yeah. obviously. But for me and all my white friends, for the most part, I can't think of many of my white friends who speak more than one language. Yeah, but all my other friends. Yeah. I need speak to get more friends. Multiple, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need cooler friends. Because most of my friends are speak Spanish mm-hmm. and oh gosh, so many other things. Yeah. They're they're all great because I was so just smart. Um, talking to a couple guys from France. We have a mural project going on right now <clears throat> through the mayor's uh, office. Actually, it's for I don't know if you've heard of the UBI, the Universal Base Income. Um, it's something that we're trying to that the mayor is trying to bring here to Stockton. Oh. We'll look it up later. Yeah. Look it up on your own later, let people. Oh, I'll do um, some homework. <laughs> yeah, uh, more for the listeners, not for you. But oh. uh, <laughs> anyways, there's a dope mural project going on, and the two guys that I was talking to today, talking to today, the artist and the guy setting it up, were both speaking French, and the guy that was organizing the mural project spoke mostly English. But it was still like I was outnumbered because I wasn't speaking French. And mm-hmm. I even took French in high school, like three years. I took French in was, college. I took a semester of French. Yeah, but that really didn't do anything. Didn't do a whole lot. Je suis Allison. Yeah. Je suis Eric. No, je m'appelle. Oh. Because that's what is Je suis. I mean, that's, I think that's I am. Allison, I think, right? Yeah, I am Allison. But je, but je m'appelle is, is my, my name, name is. is. Yeah. My name is. Slim Shady. My name is Slim Shady. 
Uh, what was your least favorite part about Egypt? Um, so... Because you went literally like camping in the middle of the desert, right? Yeah. So that was a crazy experience because you... This, these two guys, basically, he has like a travel service that he does. But these are two strange men, we don't know, pick us up at this homestay in Giza, drives us fucking four hours north, south, east, west, I don't know. <laughs> we were in the backseat out. of an SUV. I have no idea where we were yeah. going. But out in the middle of the desert, and it's basically this, you live like they would live. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, because that's how this guy was raised. This, he was raised literally in the desert, like camping and cooking in the desert. So that was really crazy. Were there um, a lot of stars? No. What? I couldn't see anything. That's crazy. And there's really no sunrise or like sunset. There's It's super weird. That's what science. The... I don't know. <laughs> the equator. I don't know. Something. But, um, and there's no, it's just weird because there's no echo because there's nothing for it to bounce oh, yeah. off of because no, there's nothing, nothing for miles. there. Um, so the one thing I think that, what was your question that I was, mo- that I would Your least like? favorite. Yeah. Um, the thing that was the shittiest part about Egypt. It's really, really sad because of the way that things are being conducted in the United States and all over the world right now of the way people view like the Middle East and view Africa as a whole. As a, I mean, that's a continent, but I think people just generalize because they don't understand. I mean, I definitely, for when I was a lot younger, didn't understand. Um, I, I didn't try to learn about other countries, other cultures, other continents, you know? And so... Uh, they don't get a lot of tourists anymore. I guess Egypt used to have a lot of tourism. That's how they were functioning in a lot of those cities was because of the tourism. And majority of the people they were getting tourists from was France. I'm trying to think if that sentence made sense. But they were most of their their people that were visiting mm-hmm. were always from France or like Spain. So um, after the revolution in, I don't remember what year that was, Kimberly was like telling me about this Egyptian revolution that they had with their with they with their government, um, it scared a lot of people from traveling. So I'm trying not to sound pretentious. So being basically being white in Egypt, everybody gets really excited because you're a tu- they obviously mm, know you're a tourist. Yeah. Um, so they want to take pictures with you and take pictures of you and. Um, they follow you around so that was just hard because we couldn't really go anywhere unless we had a guide because the guide shows them like oh they're like they already have like a person taking care of them but if you don't have a guide they all want to be your guide so it's just really hard to describe but they're but they're friendly they mean they're really mean well the people like in the, some of those cities they just they want to take you on their boat and show you because that's what they were used to doing that was their business that's how they made their living and so now that tourism is is so scarce their living has changed their Mm -hmm. living situation because now they're not making money because there's no tourists so um that was just overwhelming i think i just had a really hard time because we were definitely bombarded when we were in um luxor so like before we even stepped foot out of the hotel, like literally we were not even through the double glass doors and people were yelling at us from every direction, from the streets, from cars. It was just, it's That's an insane. interesting yeah. experience for sure. I you, def- were, you had no idea that that was, had you been like, had you talked to anybody that had gone to Egypt before So you? my sister had. So oh, okay. she had talked to some people and they had said like, make sure wherever you go, you have a guide because 
um, then they'll know that you're being taken care of basically. Yeah. But if they don't see a guide with you, they're all going to bombard you basically like a sales pitch of why they should be like your guide. Um, and that's obviously not Egypt as a whole. I'm not trying to generalize an entire country, but it's just those cities with a lot of tourism. So especially Luxor, cause that's where like Valley of the Kings and all those Egyptian museums are yeah. and, and in Cairo. So, but even when we were in Giza, when we were by the pyramids, um, the guide we had had to basically like tell people to leave us alone because people kept asking him like can we take pictures can we take pictures like we had people following us so it just shows you like these people are so great everybody was so nice though Mm -hmm. they were so great but that's they know how people in the united states and other countries view them and so they would say like when you go home when you go back to america tell everybody to visit egypt we're not what what it looks like in the news we are not scary. We're not terrorists. Yeah. Like, literally, that's what they were saying to us. Mm-hmm. We're not terrorists. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially with, like, everything going on right now with the bombings in America, with people being labeled as terrorists or white now. And, like, that's crazy. Well, and that's what's so sad about, like, it just, I don't know, that's a whole other tangent with the, yeah. with the Austin is it, was it in Austin? Yeah, it was in Austin. Austin. But it's the whole thing of like, if you're white, you're mentally ill. Mm-hmm. But if you're not white, then you're a terrorist, yeah. basically. But um, yeah, and a lot of like what's going on in in Israel, like and in Syria right now. So people are just really, really paranoid, and they don't do their research. Like we did a lot of research. My sister did most of the re- well, she did all the research for everything before we went. Um, but she she was like, it's gonna be fine. Like everybody that I've read everything about, every video I've watched, everybody had a great time. It's safe. You know, you're going to have the, uh, that, that random, there's that yeah. random chance that something bad could happen to you, but that's anywhere. Like you said, the bombings, that's in the United States, mm-hmm. in Texas. Like, you don't need to be in Syria for something bad to happen to you. So you just can't live your life being so terrified of everything all the time and just go places and get to know people and have conversation. and. Yeah, don't let fear control your life. Totally. For sure. But we had a great, we had a great time. I mean, yeah. even, even with it being overwhelming where I mm-hmm. was getting really overwhelmed at times my sister is better at it because she travels for a living basically like that's what she does and for school so she was used to a lot of that stuff she'd experienced a lot of the um like people trying to sell you stuff on the streets there's a lot of that in in like paris and there's a lot of that in parts of indonesia that she was in so she was like used to it but for me i had just gone from i'd never traveled internationally Mm -hmm. to now i'm in africa like in the whole different world thick of it Mm -hmm. well i'd been to mexico not like not like destination Mexico, but we'd been in certain parts of Mexico before. But for missions trips or mm-hmm. like building schools yeah, and just orphanages. And yeah, just like I don't know. Nice. Yeah, so it was it was a really good experience. We yeah. had a lot of fun. That was on my bucket list since I was a kid. I've always wanted to go to Egypt. I've been obsessed with ancient Egypt history, like Egyptian history, since what, like second or third grade. Like I have the pyramids tattooed on my shoulder. Which is funny because a lot of people would ask about that. They'd be like, <laughs> yeah, "Oh, I was going to ask you, you about that." You have our you have our pyramids on your uh, as a tattoo. Like, somebody asked if I was Egyptian. They asked it. Well, they asked if I spoke Arabic, and I was like, "No." Uh, and he's like, "Is this your first time in Cairo?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Oh, I thought you were Egyptian." And I was like, "That's mel- a stretch." Melted inside. Of I was like, but, that's, "But that happened to me in New York when I was working in they New York." You were Egyptian. I not Egyptian specifically, but oh. I had a couple different. I don't remember which countries they were, but a couple different like Middle Eastern countries. 
people had asked like, oh, you're from so and such and such, right? Or your family is of whatever, whatever descent. And I was like, to tell you where you're from. Yeah. Well, they were asking me because they were kind of having conversation with somebody else and they looked over at me as if I was going to chime in. And I was like, what? No, I, mm -mm, I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. I'm white. Did it make you uh, do a little extra brow work that next week or? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Not the stereotype, but. (laughs) I was like, just totally flattered with that. He's like, oh, I thought you, I thought you were Egyptian. I I looked back at Kimberly and I was like, well, well. That's, I I only get that with like people from Portland. I remember somebody was watching a Portland Trailblazers game and they're like, everybody at the freaking Blazers game looked exactly like you. I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) What did you expect? (laughs) Oh my gosh! Just a bunch of white hipsters. <laughs> basically. Yeah, basically. But it was it was a really good experience. I'm glad mm-hmm. we went. Um, it was. It looked amazing. It was so fun. So by the time but I, I bet got, it was tiring too. Yeah, yeah. So when I got back, they're ten hours ahead or like eleven hours ahead. Hmm. Did you bite your lip? Did I bite it? Is it bleeding? Am I bleeding? I don't know. It looked like you're bleeding. Oh, I don't. SOS. SOS. Please hold. (laughs) I don't know. Your lip looked like it was bleeding. No, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, Let me me bleed. It's fine. I'll just bleed out. So. But, um, so what's funny is (laughs) I was so sleep deprived. I got back. The next morning I worked at like six in the morning. So I got back from this trip at like nine o'clock at night and had to work at six in the morning, like right off the bat. Damn. And I get into my car before work and the, car, the windows are all foggy. It's super cold. And I start my car, and I'm, like, going to let it warm up a little bit and, like, let the windows defrost. And instead, I just pulled forward a little bit because I'm usually the only – like, I never park my car in the driveway, but my dad had parked it for me and had backed it in so I could just pull straight out. But I'm usually parked over on the side. Yeah. So I'm not used to any cars being near me or in front of me or behind me because it's only me, and I just pull straight out. So for some reason, I was picturing myself still being like on the side of my house and just pulling straight forward. And so I push on the gas as I'm like clearing my windows off with like the windshield wipers and I'm going like two miles an hour, but I smash into my brother's car. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, and we're back. And welcome home. (laughs) And as soon as I get home, I have to go back to my identity theft. So it was like, it was a really good little break between the bookends of chaos that our regular life is about. But a very harsh transition back into real life. Yeah, that I was like, oh, I don't know what sleep is. Yeah, that's the worst. And uh, I was going two miles an hour. I literally had barely pushed on the gas. And the side of my car, because it's plastic and hollow, looks like I creamed him. And the oh ho- his car has like just a scratch. Yeah. It's not dented or anything. And mine is like completely dented in. So I was like, all right, great. Well, it's about how life is going right now, huh? That feels about accurate for me. I was like, this car is a representation of myself. Just crumpling. Yeah. But imploding slowly. Yeah. Imploding slowly. I don't even think it's I think it's rapidly imploding at this rapidly point. Rapidly imploding. Um, oh man. But yeah. Well, I did not know that. <laughs> That's hilarious. But um I'm glad you're back. Glad you made it back to this side of the earth. The earth. Thanks. Feels good to be back. Yeah. But yeah, the high, so at that point I was just like, Hey, I'm like really tired. We can't record, but that's something that's interesting is like what I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit was, um, when we did a while back when I posted like in our story of what people wanted to talk about, what people wanted to hear about, I kind of like shot out a couple options and let people do like a poll. Mm -hmm. So like we said before, people chose true crime and they wanted to hear about mental illness. 
Um, and so part of the reason why I've been pushing this off is because of some of my experiences these past couple weeks um, with my mental illnesses, with the stuff that I've been going through. So I kind of needed a little bit of a break where you kind of have to get back into the swing of things mm-hmm. of like where you are. Um, and Find so I, your footing a little bit. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think you and I talked a little bit about like wanting to do an episode on, on men, like mental health issues mm-hmm. because that's what people wanted. We gave them like what yeah. four choices, two and two, I think. And I just didn't really like expect it to be like, all right, next one. <laughs> but well, it was I like think, landslide yeah, though. People was, were like, let's talk about it. People wanted it and it was kind of the perfect timing. Yeah. Which is kind of hard because I know I should talk about it mm-hmm. because people don't. But it's also that thing of like, it's one of those topics where it just is, it is tough to talk yeah. about. Well, and I think that uneducated, I think the whole idea behind the project, um, was to eventually have mental illness, mental health be something that was kind of a recurring thing um, since it is prevalent in our day and age and it's prevalent in your life. And um, so I think that that's this is going to be something that we come back to a lot. I don't think this is going to be just a one and done episode for sure. Yeah, because especially for me, like it fluctuates a lot with the things that I deal with because it it is something you kind of live with. Like it doesn't, it doesn't define who you are. Like at least for me, it doesn't define who I am, but it kind of is just a part of me. So there's weeks where I'm sure like I'll reference it where this was a hard week and I won't always say why, but I think anybody who knows me knows when stuff kind of flares up for me and like what my triggers are for my things that I deal with. Um, but I had a couple people text me um, like two weeks ago and they're like, when are you doing your like mental health episode? So people have been asking me, when we were going to record it, mm-hmm. which is is just interesting because it not only did people like actually really overwhelmingly respond to just the Instagram story where we actually had a lot of people. We don't have that many followers. So the fact that we had like 20 people or 30 people say they wanted to hear something was impressive because we have like, what, 70 followers? Maybe. <laughs> if 70. We probably lost a few since we took our hiatus. Since we've been on, on yeah. break. On break. Well, actually, this is people's spring break right now. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't spring break last week. I don't know. Some of my, I maybe Tracy's different than Stockton. I don't know. I don't know anybody that's on spring break. So, literally, someone at work today was like, "Well, this is my spring break." So, to actually, somebody on the phone told me on Wednesday too. No, we. I mean, we have a lot of UOP kids. So, oh. but I feel like the UOP kids that I know, some a lot of them are in master's programs, and they just get their spring break whenever, or some don't even have it. But no, oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't had spring break since high school. Fun fact. Because in college, at Modesto Junior College, we did not have spring break. We just had 15 weeks straight after uh, Christmas. Or, like, we started in January and just went through, like, April, basically. Oh, and then you were just done. And then you were just done. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. So, like, you'd have the entire month of May, basically. But Well, and I remember when I was at Las Positas, we would have our finals, and they would sometimes fall, like, around my sister's birthday, and her birthday's, like, end of May. Mm. So you would kind of go all the way through May. Yeah. And then you wouldn't get done until like June. So then it's already summer. Yeah. But then you go back to school in August. So you don't really have that big of a break. Summer break. Just depends on what you like. Yeah. I, I was never a spring break type of person anyway. So I never minded it much. I didn't like to go to where Cancun, Mexico. I don't know. I guess. Where was the think... MTV spring break? Where did they film that? Wasn't that a thing in the 90s? Yeah. Then? But I don't. I'm, I'm just picturing when Ross goes to find his girlfriend. 
Oh, and Ro- <laughs> on Friends. Uh, I thought you said Roscoe. I was like, who's no, Roscoe? Because no. <laughs> he's dating that one of his students. Yeah. And she's like going on vacation. And her dad's Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, that was yeah. I love that Bruce Willis is on Friends. He's such a good character. He is an amazing character. The fact that he dates Rachel, they have a whole fling. But for like hilarious. a few episodes yeah, too, it wasn't that, just like that's what one I mean. and it's done. It's a whole fling. It's oh a whole gosh. thing. Um, um, but yeah, so basically, what I thought we could start off was I would read like a definition of like mental, like health, yeah, or mental disorders kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think everybody kind of knows, but that way it gives us some kind of foundation footing to work off of. Um, but basically, this says like a mental disorder, also called a mental illness or psychiatric disorder, is a behavioral or mental pattern that causes significant distress or impairment of personal functioning. Um, so I think most people know like depression, anxiety, um, a lot of people are bipolar or have like borderline personality disorder. Um, so there's kind of a lot, like, do you, like, do you know anybody that has like mental health issues or that they openly talk about? I mean, I'm trying to not like in my immediate life, not like friends or anything or family members. Not me. No. Well, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you're, like, you're no, obvi- I, that's the obvious one, like, you, but, um, no, um, in terms of, like, anxiety, I have a lot of friends that deal with anxiety. Or, like, being anxious. Yeah, yeah. just being anxious, um, but in terms of just, like, actual di- friends that are diagnosed with, um, mental health I- issues, no, I don't have a lot of people in my life, but I have a lot of friends that work with um, special needs kids and I get to hear a lot of really amazing stories oh yeah so which is really really cool to hear but what mm-hmm. were you gonna say no no that's I was just like yeah no and that's the thing is it's <laughs> it's really everywhere and I think we're like in a generation oh, yeah. that where people do talk about it more openly so when people are saying they're anxious or well yeah it's super prevalent like what was the movie that came out split about the um, multiple personality mm-hmm. disorder. Like, that was a huge... Uh, who was that in that movie? That was... Was it Jake Gyllenhaal? Nope. That was the one guy who was. was Mr. Tumnus from... Somebody told me I look like Mr. Tumnus <laughs> with my beard. <laughs> what do you no, think? No, from um, I know Narnia. Yeah, from Narnia. What's that know. actor's name? But Split, anyways. That's That movie's about mental illness and... That was a really well done portrayal of um, kind of like the what am I, what's I'm struggling to find the word the extreme I guess of personal or split personality yeah, disorder because like I feel like common. that's yeah that's not going to be every single um, case with split personality. James disorder. McAvoy. James McAvoy. What else is he in? Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right? Isn't he? That's James McAvoy was is in Split. Yeah, I like Jake Gyllenhaal way better. Just in general. Just in general. Just, just Jake Gyllenhaal. Just I, in Gyllenhaal. <laughs> just in Jake. And <laughs> Jake, we trust. No, I just watched. Um, actually, Jake Gyllenhaal is he's one of the actors that kind of plays and portrays a lot of characters that struggle with mental illness. Isn't that what what movie is that where? Donnie Darko? Donnie Darko. Is that about? I've never actually seen that movie. Oh my gosh. So well, I've I, seen that parts was, of it. That, I just watched that recently, which is why um, I 
been talking about Jake Gyllenhaal a lot. Wow. That's actually one of my favorite movies. But yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, he was in that. And then he was in um, another movie that um, was, he was a character with mental illness. And it was called, um, <clears throat> I actually don't know if it would be considered mental illness, but. I don't know. He was. The one he was like the first responder at accidents for the news, and he would film the accidents. Nightcrawler, the movie. Oh, never saw that either. Oh my gosh! We're Sorry, I'm a... not up on my Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh movie. yeah, no, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna have to fix that. But anyways, he he was just crazy in that one. I don't know if that was mental illness, but in that one, he was kind of goes off the deep end. But oh. there was never anything like diagnosed. Same with Donnie Darko. Um, but Donnie Darko is like time travel. Sorry, spoiler alert. It's about like time oh. travel. So he's kind of just like tripping out because he can like see the portals and oh, he can see my. like, yeah. So it's kind of weird, but he's like kind of off and his parents are like making him take pills and like forcing him and he doesn't want to take the pills because he doesn't think anything's actually wrong with him. So it does deal with like aspects of mental illness, but I don't know if he's actually ever. Oh, it did, like it doesn't actually. He's touch not like on it? yeah. Interesting. But his he goes part of it is he's seeing a therapist, and you see him talking to this um, therapist, and she actually does hypnosis on him uh, as like a to help him out, and he like goes crazy, and he's like kind of fucking with her, and just kind of not taking it seriously, and but also super trippy because he actually does kind of get hypnotized so wow so all these people now who haven't seen it are going, <laughs> that was the worst donnie darko <laughs> explanation, uh, explanation slash spoiler but, alert yeah but the mental illness kind of aspect interesting aspect of it but well, and it was it was interesting because when i was in school when i was in like an early childhood development class there was a project that we did that basically was like look into um because it was mostly relating to children, so it was like watch children's shows, like pick three children's shows, and um, take notes if you notice, like how they treat someone who seems different than them, or how they, like basically saying, do they display forms of mental illness in children's shows? If they do, how do they, re- they teach children to respond to it? Mm. So kind of like, what behaviors are they reinforcing? Yeah, like how does the media, how does TV portray mental illness? Which that's a whole separate conversation because yeah. we can do an entire no, podcast on do. like <laughs> what the media describes mental illness or TV or TV shows like movies, music. But I remember there it does get discussed so often and I think, but on like a surface level, you don't actually figure out why or what someone's feeling so it's 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 cool now i think that people are starting to like really use like instagram as a platform Mm -hmm. to talk about like that's that's what i use but to talk about mental illness or to talk about their depression or bipolar anything like that well and that's how i kind of got the idea for doing a podcast and then having you just be in front of a microphone and talking was through your instagram stories just the way you're super open and honest about what you're going through and you're super quick to be helpful and like understanding that you're not the only one going through it and i think that bringing that into the podcast is super uh helpful being able to offer real life experience and being able to like 
create a platform for people to openly discuss and talk about and share as well. Well, because I, I didn't have that when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. it just was different in general. I mean, even just to go back to the early 2000s, not that that's that long ago, but it has been a drastic difference from there to now of yeah. what people openly talk about. Well, we didn't even have Instagram stories, like, what, a year ago? Well, yeah, to even have a platform yeah. to publicly talk about something like that in general, but just the dis- just having the discussion mm-hmm. of mental illness in general. Um, and especially growing up in, like, a very religious setting my experience was that it was I knew something was going on with me from a very young age um, it wasn't until many years later that I was diagnosed like clinically depressed um, but when I was young like I had symptoms of depression like I knew something was different I knew I didn't feel right and when I would reach out a lot of adults response to me was to pray about it or to go to church more even being a little kid like that being 11 12 that wasn't helpful because I was like wait isn't that what I'm doing already like mm-hmm. I'm already here Sundays Tuesdays Wednesdays Saturdays and doing stuff in my house during the week with all my church friends um which none of that I don't I've that's a whole separate thing but I mean <laughs> I think I think they mean well but I also think that doctors are very important like people who go to school specifically for mental health issues I think can work alongside talking to a pastor about Mm -hmm. it I think you also talk to a therapist somebody who this is their job who understands the mind any sort of therapy I think is going to be helpful for somebody who's going through something just giving them an outlet to talk whether it is to a pastor whether it is to just a confidant friend therapist because I think that a lot of churches now have a specific dedicated um, pastoral therapist or somebody who can do like Christian counseling. Um, while that's not for everybody, obviously, I think that that's something that is available and super helpful to people. Well, and, and that's helpful, but also, but even still, like if you s- struggle with something in a similar way that I do, where it affects your day to day life talking to a pastor isn't going to solve that because it's like if you have diabetes you don't talk to a pastor about it and your diabetes gets better and that's what people don't understand is mental health is very much a disease like anything else Mm -hmm. and i think the way that i got treated was it's going to be fine it's all in your head no that's really funny that you bring up diabetes actually because my roommate my old roommate matt um who has diabetes when he was going to school there was like a christian club on campus that told him he just needed to pray more to get rid of his diabetes. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's terrifying because yeah. I was making like a, I was just using that as an example, <laughs> but that proves my point that no, a yeah, lot exactly. of times, that's why it's so important. I think in my opinion, whether or not you're religious or go to church, I'm not pushing for that. I'm saying like, if you do feel like you struggle with mental health issues or you already know that you do, like therapy, seeing a trained medical professional is going hopefully is going to be a good step even if you don't get the right great therapist right Mm -hmm. away but to start looking into that because yeah like having having a support system to talk to is incredibly important but for me what i'm learning is i relied too heavily on only that where i was like well then i can just talk about it as long as i'm really open like things will get better and what i'm learning is it's starting to turn into other things because i'm not resolving them and i'm not seeking help for the issues that i have and it's like having a cavity and you just keep flossing and hoping it goes away but the thing about it is once you have a cavity you have a cavity you have to get a filling you can't just leave it. That's a really good analogy. Thanks. We're getting really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but I'm trying to put it into to a perspective where it's like 
you have to nip it and you have to stay on top of it because otherwise it if it will control your life mm -hmm. and what i'm learning with my issues is like i was i knew i was depressed very young and it wasn't until probably like 2015 that i was actually like clinically they said you're you're depressed you know we want to put you on antidepressants which um, i had mixed feelings about because back then i had a stigma in my mind about medication which i think a lot of people do but that was also like very much ingrained in me also by church though because mm -hmm. it's like oh you just pray about it and it gets better so i not that that's how i thought i would fix it but it was that like i didn't even realize it was subconscious that i was like oh i don't really want to be medicated unless i have to be but it's been in the last actually i quit going to therapy in 2015 when they gave me antidepressants because i was just like well they're just going to medicate me and send me away like they don't really care but what i realized was when I chose to stop dealing with it was when it started to turn into other stuff where I started to get like pretty solid anxiety for things that I knew didn't make sense because I was anxious, not for no reason, these are air quotes, but things where normally I hadn't felt anxious about it before. So I was noticing changes in my behavior that were outside of my control. Um, and now it's gotten to a point where these last couple of weeks, my anxiety has gotten to a point that's affected my ability to function, where I'm having panic attacks in the morning when I'm waking up and I'm not able to get out of bed because I'm feeling, I feel crazy because it's, it is outside of my control. There are things that I can't change and you can't talk yourself out of because that's another thing that people think you can just talk yourself out of a lot of stuff and that just isn't true. But... Um, my depression has been there. It's something I've always lived with, but I've always kind of swept it under the rug and kind of just not dealt with it. And I thought a lot of it was like where I am in my life. I'm kind of been at a crossroads for the last like couple years. Um, so I think some of that can be circumstantial, like where you are in your life also. Oh yeah. Causes definitely. you to feel certain ways. <laughs> yeah. Your settings, your surroundings, who's in your life, everything can, your habits, everything is going to affect your mental illness, um, mental health. And that's where like who you surround yourself is also very, surround yourself with is very important because like my friends understand when I'm going through something mm -hmm. and I disappear for a while where I kind of, I also give the disclaimer where I'm like, Hey, I'm having like a rough week or I'm having, you know, a rough, rough couple days. Like, I'm sorry, I've been MIA. I try to just be really open and communicate so that people understand. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely did have a few people in my life that said that the things that I was dealing with was for attention, that the aspects that manifest from my depression, so certain characteristics, certain things that I would say or do based on like what I was feeling, um, they would say it was for attention. It was a ploy for attention. And that is such an ignorant well, I don't even have words to describe how frustrating it is that people use that instead of saying, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like, can you tell me how you're feeling? Because to me, it's not making sense, which it doesn't have to make sense to you. Like, I don't need to explain my mental illness to you um, just because you don't get it. There's the internet. There's books. Google it. Learn. But ask questions instead of just writing people off. And so I ended my friendships with those people because they were very cold and very calloused and they would gossip about it behind my back mm -hmm. and spread lies about me and about using my mental illness to say I was crazy, that I was lying. 
<laughs> no, yeah, it seems like your friends definitely play like a huge role. Like you said, when you're like relying on them too much, like because that's almost getting to the point of where your friends realize, okay, something is wrong. She's coming back to us more frequently. Um, not even saying you in general, because <clears throat> I think there could be people out there who are going through that exact similar thing. Like that made perfect sense to me, like relying too heavily on um, just kind of like figuring it out and thinking that you're able to handle it on your own, just through your own devices. Um, that definitely hit home for me. And so when you have people in your life that are obviously going through something, don't just like, that's like the sin of omission, you know, where you just like let it keep going on. Um, so it definitely plays a huge role. Your friends play a huge role in your mental health and yeah. making sure you're doing all right. Because I, there's a definite dividing slide, line yeah. between people who are taking away from my life and the people who are adding to my life. Mm. And like in those tough times of yeah. basically like when I would be going through something, they wouldn't be supportive and wouldn't listen and didn't care versus my other friends who brought me stuff. And not that anybody has to do that. They don't owe me that, but that's what true friends do. That's what I want to do for my friends when they're going through things is support them and love them through it. But it was getting to a point where I wasn't, I couldn't rely on my friends anymore because it had gotten so bad mm -hmm. that just talking to my friends, just hanging out, just having my support system wasn't enough. And they were feeling helpless too because they're like, we don't know what to do for you. Because yeah. I, like, I would disappear for did days. Did they urge you to like go get help? Did they, were they, or who, how did like therapy come into your life? Was that something that like friends, family had recommended? Something that you just recognized, okay, things aren't getting better. I need to do this. Like what? kind of like finally took it to where you went back because you said you stopped going in 2015. Yeah. So I was going medication. to therapy in 2015 because my dad had been going to therapy. So mm -hmm. mental health issues run in my dad's side of the family. So like my grandmother for sure had a lot of different things that she struggled with. I'm not sure exactly what they were. We think she was bipolar. She wouldn't talk about it at all because that's like a, definitely a different generation. Um, she was born in like the 20s or something so of course growing up for her they didn't talk about it or you were just putting in an asylum um, shock the bunch until you got shock better. therapy yeah. or what's that what they do on um was it rose kennedy where they did the uh the brain they like take apart parts of your brain frontal lobotomy yeah stuff like that oh uh, yeah but, that's um, where they just like stick a needle up your nose and like do the windshield uh, wiper on your they, they scrape the backside of your forehead <laughs> oh. but yeah so she she had a lot of things that she's struggled with my dad has had a lot of different issues that he's gone through and so he started getting therapy he was get, going to therapy before that but that's where it kind of hit a point with my anxiety I was going through some stuff that I just these were all new symptoms I hadn't experienced it before I'd never gone through anxiety um before and I was like this is getting bad and my dad was like go to therapy you have health insurance that covers it so you have no excuse not to go besides you don't want to. And he's like, I know it's hard. You're not, you may not like it, but he's like, you should go. And my, obviously nobody twisted my arm, but he was like, you need to go because it is definitely a change. And so I went and it was definitely like, I do feel like there was a before therapy me and an after therapy me as far as my mind being open to a lot more possibilities and getting help in general. Um, but I, it was a pride thing for me, an ego thing of like, okay, well, I've seen what I needed to see. And like, if I need to come back, I will. It's not that bad. Like, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, and that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an ongoing, your mental health, if you are diagnosed for whatever you're diagnosed with, 
um, you have to stay on top of it. You have to stay on top of it like you would any other part of your health. So I don't know where I thought that it would be different, where it would just kind of go away on its own as opposed to, okay, you get older and your body responds to stress differently or you go through different things in your life. Like two people that I knew passed away within weeks of each other last summer, um, going through a divorce, like in with my parents, there's just different things going through breakups. Yeah, I was clarify, you didn't. No, get no, divorced. I didn't go through a divorce, but being a child of divorce. Being a child of yeah. Um, there was a lot of things in my life that I realized I hadn't dealt with that I had been through, that I think everybody feels that way. But it kind of manifests, and it just it started to come out in really crazy ways. And I don't like to say crazy because if you have mental illness, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. That's just a loose term, I think. I throw around, but I don't actually think anyone's crazier that I'm crazy. But therapy came up again because it's been getting to a point where I wake up and I go to work because I have to, but then I come home and I get in bed. Like I feel so tired and so discouraged and frustrated and anxious and nervous. And it has most of my anxieties within like relationships too with people and with my family. Like I stress a lot with how my family views me because like there's just pressure there to feel like we all have it together and get along, but obviously there's tension and it's just, it's hard to like go into all of it on a public platform where Mm -hmm. some of it is private, but it was getting to a point where I wasn't functioning Mm -hmm. and I was calling into work. I couldn't go in. I was crying every day to the point where my dad showed up at work on Monday and was like, you're going with me because this is getting bad. Like I called him at like 6.30 in the morning and I don't even know what I said mm. because I was so out of it. And I had I took like three days off work where I canceled. That's I mean, and that's why we're recording on a Thursday mm. as opposed to a Tuesday because I just kept pushing things off and canceling our plans because I was like, I have got to get healthy. So I stayed at my dad's. Like I ate maybe not three meals a day, but I, I definitely tried to eat more because I have the tendency when I get upset that I don't eat. Um, and then you can't function because you're not mm-hmm. eating, you're not drinking water. So then your body shuts down on its own. But yeah, I think removing yourself from the situation to like getting some perspective is huge too. Like you said, you went to Yosemite and yeah. you were just all kind of away, just kind of got your head on straight, you know, kind of. And take a deep re- breath and be like, okay, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it's that thing of like when you get too high and you have to be like, you're not dying. You're not dying. Like if you ever start to like, has, if anybody's no, Allison, ever. I've never smoked marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for whoever, like it's that thing of you have to talk yourself down. Yeah. Even though that doesn't solve it, but it really does for me anyways, help to take a break and be like, okay, here's my fears, my frustrations, but here's, here's something that's actually happening my anxiety is telling me that everything's on fire but the only fire i really have to put out is okay work on your identity theft stuff like make those phone calls um do this do this like you're it's really hard because the rational like logical side of your brain becomes overrun by the all the 911s going on in your brain at one time and that's the best way i can describe it but it's basically your mind is telling you that 30 thousand things are going on and everything needs your immediate attention and everything is stress and everything is scary and everything's going to end and go wrong and you're the worst and you're a failure so taking time like going to Yosemite that day and being like I'm not those things like I'm not a failure I'm not actually this is not going to kill me like anxiety is scary depression is scary but that's not going to 
I can handle this. Like with help going back to therapy, like I know I can get back on top of it and see what medication is available starting on a low dose, like seeing if that works. And I think, I think I have something else underlying. So to be continued, but I, I've been researching on my own a little bit and I keep coming back to one very specific thing that I think I'm interested to see when I start going to therapy, if they come upon that on their own, because I don't want to go in and tell the therapist what's yeah. wrong with me. That's quite the cliffhanger. What's wrong with Allison? What's what? What <laughs> isn't wrong with Allison? Let's start there. But um, I have a lot of friends who definitely relate. So for me, like on the opposite end of the spectrum, majority of my friends actually have several different things like that I don't have experience in, like um, borderline personality disorder. Like to my knowledge, I don't have that. But hearing their perspective on what they go through, talking to a therapist. Um, it's just really comforting like to know that we're all in it together that mm-hmm. like hey we have a part of our brains that we f- just can't control and it's a it's a very much a health issue like anything else like even saying diabetes mm-hmm. or um, yeah I, think I don't know anything the stigma around it is really like the hard part for like for me just because it's so frustrating when people don't understand, like even because I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't struggle with like super bad anxiety. Like, yeah, I get stressed out, but <clears throat> it's not like crippling to the point where I have to call into work. It's not taking away from my everyday life. But <clears throat> I'm feel like as a rational adult, like you should understand when somebody's going through something that is outside of their control, you know. So to say that it's just something for attention, to say it's anything but what it really is, is super frustrating. So I apologize for those people. (laughs) On behalf, I I guess. I don't know. And something that, like, I know most people who have, maybe not most, but most of the time when you do have depression, there's an aspect of like suicide comes up of mm-hmm. having suicidal thoughts or having suicidal tendencies i've never had suicidal tendencies i've never like attempted suicide anything like that but there's definitely like a part of my brain that now that i'm older like i can tell what is that part of me talking to me mm-hmm. versus what who i actually am talking to myself yeah. there's a very drastic difference between those two forces in my mind and but there is a big part that says those things that says like you don't deserve to live you're worthless you're this you're that all the most negative things about yourself just being hammered into your mind and then when you add in for me the anxious aspect of it too of then the guilt and the shame like there's so many emotional factors that play into depression is not being sad and anxiety is not being nervous and I think that's where people try to characterize and just apply like, oh, well, they're just really nervous. Oh, well, they're just really sad. Well, everyone feels sadness. But depression goes beyond that. And I think people use those terms really loosely like, oh, my God, I was so depressed. And it's like, I get it. I get it. You're saying you're depressed, but you're not actually depressed. You were so sad. You were so upset. Or um, people saying like, oh, my God, I'm so OCD. Okay, no, you're just really organized and tidy. You're not actually obsessive compulsive. And mm-hmm. if you were, you would not be saying it casually, most likely. Yeah. Um, so people use a lot of terminology that applies to mental health issues that I don't think they realize, like the weight that it carries. And that's why people think 
of it just lightly and superficially because you hear those words all the time. Um, so that's been, in my experience, a big roadblock with people when they don't understand. Um, and I think that's why I surround myself with so many people who get it and not mm. even intentionally. It's kind of just who you attract, yeah. the kinds of energy you put out. And like, I'm very open about this stuff because like I said, when I was a kid, I didn't have anybody who talked to me about it. I was pretty much by myself seeking help on my own until I got a little older and then the internet changed and I could kind of Google stuff or like we spent a lot of time in libraries. I was always really interested in psychology. So, um, I don't know. I just, it's sad that people don't try to understand. Um, and I guess when you don't have experience, how do you understand? Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize just what their support does like it does wonders to just mm -hmm. have somebody reach out and be like hey like you're having a hard week yeah. um i'm here for you if you yeah. want to talk that to acknowledge means that a they lot don't know like what you're going through is huge mm -hmm. like, and wanting to learn and asking yeah. questions and i i'm i know that there's things that i don't have experience in in life that i yeah. could probably do a better job and be less judgy about something but i try to come i'm not like blanking off the top of my head of what i'm referring to but <laughs> For it must be that part of the episode yeah, where we just where can't neither one of us can it. remember anything. But like, even just diff people with different forms of, or even just different health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, being diabetic, I don't know what it takes to be diabetic, and I think it's not just the way that you eat. It's not just your in sugar intake. Like, there's a whole lot of aspects to that that I don't understand what it takes. Um, but it's just having patience and grace for others and being just loving in general because you just never know what someone else is going through because a lot Amen. of a lot of illnesses are invisible mm -hmm. um i know like for like ms like a lot of symptoms of ms aren't visible to other people uh, arthritis isn't always isn't always visible so there's or CF, cystic fibrosis, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, there's so many different health issues that are just invisible, and we tend to sum people up and size people up right away based on how we feel or what we're going through. And that's just not a good way to live, regardless of whether you understand or don't understand. Mm -hmm. You don't have to understand something in order to show kindness to another person. Yeah. Um, I feel it. I, I think it's the it. most important part, but definitely this is like something that I think. I will definitely be talking about more and oh yeah because um, there's so many different aspects like we didn't even get to talk about like the mental health and the media and we touched a little bit about on it with like the whole terrorist stuff going on in Austin right now but there's like so much more to mental illness that we can talk about I'm talking about t like references in, in TV shows or how it, mm -hmm. like you said how it's portrayed in the media how it's portrayed in music um, where people openly talk about yeah. it and how people or even just some cope. like yeah some like more significant cases of it that um, we've seen through, yeah um, yeah I think that it's gonna be good to talk about and yeah. hopefully people out there listening will not be afraid to talk to somebody or talk to us or yeah and that's Cause, yeah talk to somebody it doesn't even need to be like talk to anybody talk to anybody you trust and just like on that yeah. closing note of like we'll come back to this I don't think this is the end of it but just something that I want to say is like 
be try to be open I know that's going to be really hard but find somebody that you trust if you haven't already and just talk about the way that you feel and find little ways every day to feel better like I think we talked about in the last podcast of like how to do nice things for other people um and buy somebody lunch but it is that thing of like if you're feeling crappy about yourself sometimes it does help to take the focus off yourself and do something nice Mm -hmm. for somebody else and kind of pay it forward but even if there's those days where you really can't function what I always talk about on Instagram is I'm like take 15 minutes walk outside be in the sun for even 10 minutes 10 minutes be outside take a lap around your yard a lap around your block like assuming that you like can get up and move do that eat something even if it's your vice it's junk food it's not good for you like if you haven't eaten eat something take three sips of water like do any little small step that you can that'll help you feel better it doesn't have to be a big jump or a big step right away it doesn't have to be signing up for therapy but if you can just do little things every day that make you feel better watch your favorite movie get into a hobby that you like even if it doesn't feel fun right away just finding something that kind of takes your focus off the kind of intrusive thoughts that just take over your mind um because like when you're laying in bed you don't none of those things sound good but once I was up and I like had taken a walk and gotten a coffee and bought a couple plants and walked back to the house, I felt so much better. And that's not always the case. It doesn't always work like that right away. But like, I don't know, any little bit helps. Mm-hmm. And just don't give up on yourself because there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like it feels dark, but there's you can get through it. And there's seasons, but they're not forever. Um especially if you apply yourself and you're intentional with taking control of your life and taking control of your mental health, like you will see progress. So that's just what I want to put out there just as like a last thing, because I think people need to hear that. Yeah. Cause the news is dark. People are mean. Yeah. Going on social media Work can be sucks. a shitty task sometimes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but especially when everybody else looks like they have it all together. Like, yeah. I, if my Instagram looks like I have it all together, that's great because I have nothing together. I don't have anything together. <laughs> I think that's like the whole construct behind social media is the idea that you can look like you have it all together, but you can be in 100% control of what everybody sees about you. you oh, know? yeah. Your life can be in yeah. shambles, but you've got the perfect edit. Oh, um, that was a sneeze, guys. I waited for it, but he didn't sneeze. <laughs> yeah, I can hold my sneezes in really well. Oh, my. Um, and not pop my eyeballs out. Anyways, <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs> no, yeah, um, on that note. Um, Rave on. Later days. Later days. <laughs>